Hey everyone, welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. We will be covering all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, instruction, and everything else in between. I am your host, Dr. Russ Manalastis. I am a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach based out of Rochester, New York. Our goal with this podcast is to help you play your best golf yet while doing so without limitations. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Russ. Today, we are joined by Steve Colton. Steve is the co-founder and VP of sales at Encore Golf, which is located in Western New York in Buffalo, New York. Steve, welcome to the show, man. Great. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. So, Steve, I'm really excited to kind of dive into the conversation we're going to have today. Um, we have uh, a lot of questions that we want to ask you. But before we do that, maybe let's kind of, you know, get your background. You know, tell us a little bit about your background in terms of maybe where you went to school, what you went to school for, what, what your career path was like before ultimately opening and creating Encore Golf alongside your co-founder, Brett Blakely. Sure. Well, golf, golf has always been in my DNA. And my first job at 14 was at a golf course picking, picking the range balls. <laughs> um, and I lived right across from the course. It was Smithtown Landing oh, yeah. uh, Country Club, public course on, on Long Island. And just – just met so many really cool uh, professionals and people that love the game from, from our greenskeeper to the head professional, Mike Hebron senior. And I was, you know, the, a little range rat picking the balls and just, you know, trying to play as much free golf as I could. Sure. The course, the course had a nine hole par three course. So it's a great place as a junior to learn the game. And then they had an 18 hole course Sure. And over the years, I, I probably worked most jobs there from working on the, the grounds crew, cutting greens at four in the morning <laughs> and teaching junior camps, uh, washing carts, caddying. So I've always been around the game. And when I went to college, um, I competed uh, at NYU. So nice. I was a four, four year on the, you know, four year starter on the golf team and studied economics and minored in Italian. Okay. And a few years out of school, I, I had been in investment banking. So I was working for Deutsche Bank. Okay. And wasn't, wasn't really passionate about trading, investment banking. And the opportunity for Encore came about um, with my business partner, Brett Blakely. And so, so both of us were looking for something new, something entrepreneurial. Yeah. and and something innovative and and that's kind of the the short short story of it yeah so you know tell us a little bit more about maybe the why behind creating encore golf you know and maybe tell us the process about you know coming up with the first renditions of the golf balls that you're creating currently and maybe obviously now a lot of people have come to utilize and love encore golf so maybe tell us you know the why behind creating it and you know just the whole process of it sure we um, so Brett and I were introduced to the technology from Doug Dufo and Doug is the engineer. He's our chief technologist and him and three other engineers invented this hollow metal core golf ball. Okay. Um, so they were all golfers, pretty bad golfers. And they were, they were trying to use their engineering, you know, brilliant minds to make a golf ball fly straighter. Sure. Um, and I had never seen anything like it before and either had Brett. So we, we kind of put our heads together from a sales, marketing, branding 
point of view and said to Doug, you know, we'd love to bring this technology to market. And Doug was serial inventor, entrepreneur, but wasn't, wasn't really interested in the business side of it. Um, he was just happy, you know, creating and innovating. Yeah. So we formed a partnership, all of us and um, Keith Blakely, um, Brett's father as well, financed the early development of the ball and he's our chairman and CEO. Yeah. And also he's, he's a technologist as well. So he's been in advanced materials and his, you know, from his whole life. So we had between Doug and Keith, we had some people involved in engineering um, in the automotive, aeronautical, aerospace industries, um, nanotechnology. So they, they weren't really golf industry veterans. So right. um, over the years, we've hired some of the best engineers from TaylorMade, Titleist, you know, with, with the pedigrees within the industry. And I think that's really unique for Encore is having that combination of engineers and technologists from outside the industry combined with those that have been in it for the last two decades um, and, and really help us create some, some phenomenal designs. And all of them still incorporate that perimeter weighting um, that we started with, with the hollow metal core. Okay. We've, we've moved away from the, the hollow metal sphere and worked on adding metal particles to, to the perimeter, um, okay. embedding that within the polymers. Yeah. So you're still getting a perimeter weighted ball, which is more forgiveness off the tee, more confidence and incredible in the wind. Yeah. And the ball, ball speeds are great. Um, and, and you're seeing that in the elixir, as you mentioned, people starting to see the name Encore, yeah. you know, up in Western New York and around, around the country and around the world. We, we recently won a golf digest gold award oh, yeah. Um, yeah. On, on the hot list. And that's the second time we've won gold for the elixir. And we've got a new tour ball in the works, which under a few months will, will be out. And, um, I think, I think it's going to blow people away. Awesome. 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 And I think to the, the story behind, you know, creating a product like the Encore golf ball, you know, people who have really cool stories in terms of innovation and just thinking outside the box, right. You know, you got a lot of people that I think played a part in it and they weren't necessarily involved directly with golf. Right. But if you put in the, if you put the right team together, um, something special can kind of happen. It sounds like that's what you guys are doing up in, in Buffalo there. Yeah. No, I think having that collision of ideas and, and different perspectives yeah. is, is part of our secret sauce. Absolutely. That's great. So, you know, maybe kind of tell us, you know, how did you feel, you know, once you kind of got Encore off the ground, I mean, what was a turning point for you guys that you felt like, Hey, you were starting to gain some traction in the golf space and maybe had some momentum to really kind of showcase the product you guys are creating. Sure. I, I think, Early on, we, we got rejected by the USGA and they saw the hollow metal core and they said, we're, we're not even going to test this. And we said, well, you know, we, we've tested it. It meets your five metrics, your quantifiable met metrics, distance, weight, symmetry, initial velocity, diameter. Uh, you know, why, why can't you test it? And they said, well, it's, it's untraditional and un, you know uncustomary in form and make and we said well you know you've got it was right around the time nike had launched their resin core ball yeah and they were marketing it as never before seen you know breakthrough you know breakthrough to tradition so 
you had, they were considered conforming despite marketing that it was a new material. Right. So it couldn't have been, couldn't have been part of the tradition. So we appealed to the equipment standards committee and they rejected us. And then we appealed to the executive committee and, and they, they approved us. It was actually the second time they wrote us a letter and said it was only the second time in their history that they have done that. So that we always wanted to make equipment that was conforming and within the rules. Right. Certainly innovative and pushing the limits, but we didn't want to be considered a non-conforming product. Sure. So that was a huge turning point. And then the second one I would say would be the launch of the Elixir Torball. And as I mentioned, the testing on it from my golf spy against the big brands has been phenomenal sure. as well as from golf digest, but most importantly from golfers. And, and that's, that's kind of the most, you know, that's the feedback we really care about sure. customers. And it's, it's truly, truly great. That's awesome. And I think, you know, it's funny, you know, I think golf, they have this tradition, right. Where sometimes if you come from a different angle and start to kind of challenge the tradition, um, people are kind of, you, you almost kind of ruffle feathers, but I think you're doing it in the right way, right? You want to create a product that is innovative and delivers, right? You're looking for outcomes, you're looking for results. And like you said, I think the, the important part is it's well received by the golfers that are utilizing the ball. And I think that's really, really great. Yeah, no, I think golfers are very brand loyal. And so we're, we're appreciative of, of our customers for really taking a risk. Sure. You know, when you tee up that encore ball and your, your buddies say, well, you know, what the heck is that? What are you, what right. ball are you playing? Right. You know, but as you say, it comes down to performance, confidence, feel. And, and when they see, you know, the other players see the ball in action, you know, they, they want to try it. Yeah. And it's unlike a driver where you've got to make, you know, a three, $400 investment. Right. Um, we've got, we've got a ball fitting program on our website. Yeah. For three ninety nine, you can try either the Elixir, the Tour Ball, or our Avant, our low compression ball. And you know, it's, it's something we lose money on because it costs more than that to ship it. Sure, sure. But we know we know the product's really good, and we believe in it. So we, you know, we see people come back after they try it and buy a dozen, buy several dozen. Sure. Yeah, you let the product speak for itself, right? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. That's great. Exactly. So, you know, I know we kind of talked about uh, some of the technology early on with regards to kind of getting Encore off the ground, but maybe kind of tell us some of the technology that you've got going on in the Elixir or maybe the Avant that maybe listeners aren't very familiar with, or maybe someone who's never heard of Encore, maybe kind of just give them kind of the elevator pitch as to why they maybe want to kind of go this route versus another ball. Sure. So with, with the Elixir, as I mentioned, the, the foundation of Encore has been that perimeter weighting technology. And there's a, th- there's a thin layer called the mantle layer underneath the cover. So we've got a cast urethane cover on the ball. It's a three-piece construction, but that mantle layer is where we embed those metal particles. So that gives it perimeter weighting, gives it faster ball speeds, and it allows for more, more forgiveness. So if you, you know, turn over too fast on the ball, or or hit a you know a big banana slice the the perimeter weighting and and the spin reduction and the decay of it will keep you a little bit more in line now it's not 
you can still work the ball. You can still miss hit it. Um, but it's, it's certainly, it, it keeps your misses more, more aligned. Sure. And that, that for me, gives me a lot of confidence off the tee because yeah. a lot of the spinny balls I used to play in college and, and they've all gotten a lot better, but I play a draw. And if I, if I turn one over it, you know, it was gone. Yeah. Right. OB. Right. So, um, and, and I've hit, I've hit the elixir and I've, you know, come over the top and it's, it's like, you feel, you feel a big duck hook and it's, it, you find it in the left rough and you're like, how is that possible? Right. <laughs> so it, it really does work. And the, the Avant is our, our low compression. It's 55. It's two piece ball it does have a large inner core. So it is perimeter weighted as well. It's not utilizing the metal particles like we do with the elixir, but it's, you know, great price point ball. Uh, we're, we're at 24 dozen and, and with volume, you can get it under $20 on that sure. ball. And it was featured in golf digest. They didn't, they didn't test balls this year under, under $25, but it was listed as a great bargain, which it, which it is. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And I think too, like you talked about, you know, when it comes to performance on the course, you know, people are so, in tune with golf clubs and the performance of the club itself, but maybe they don't really think much about the ball, right? Or maybe they just buy a very, very cheap, you know, dozen balls because they know they're going to maybe lose a lot of them, right? But if the ball does do some favors and maybe is a little more forgiving, again, technology is something that continuously evolves in the sport. And if you can continue to be at the forefront of some of that technology, so you're not losing as many balls as let's say you were before, like you said, if you turn one over or if you, let's say, you know, you want to try and keep yourself a little bit more in the middle as opposed to one side or the other, right? And I think if, if you can do that with a golf ball too and it's more forgiving, then why wouldn't you want to go that route? In addition to, like you said, clubs that are a huge investment. But if you can invest a little bit more money in a ball and it keeps you, you know, playing and, and it gives you an opportunity to maybe have an approach shot that you wouldn't have had if you were using another ball, I mean, I think that can go a long way in people understanding the golf ball is a really, really big deal when it comes to choosing one. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's the only piece of equipment you use on every shot. Yeah. And I think, I think it is underrated and it's one of the most important pieces of equipment in the bag. Yeah. Typically we, we suggest starting around the greens, finding a ball you're comfortable with. There's a lot of misconceptions out there about, you know, compression and swing speed. You know, I, I swing too slow for this ball or, you know, I swing too fast for this, but the best advice is, you know, the, you know, buy, buy the, the best ball you can afford, afford because the tour level balls, they are more money, but they're, they're generally going to be better for every golfer out there. Right, right. So whatever the most you can afford to spend on a ball, it's, it's worth that investment. And, you know, we we produce a tour quality ball that we think is, you know, right up there, with the best and, and better in certain categories, yeah. but, but almost half the price. Yeah. So we're, we're not overcharging for, for premium yep. golf balls. Right. Um, so you can, you can access them and, and it won't break the bank, right. but that, that would be my, my advice work, work around the greens, find a ball you're comfortable with. It spins the way you want it, launches the way you want it on the short yes. game. And, and if you can upgrade, do it. Yeah, that's that's great advice, and this is a good. I think it's a good segue. So, 
maybe kind of tell us, you know, when you're working with golfers or let's say you're trying to kind of figure out what ball they should potentially use. I mean, what's the number one thing you see golfers struggle with most when it comes to choosing a ball? Obviously, I think a lot of times when people think golf ball, they think price point, right? But you yeah. know, if, if, you know, let's say price point aside, if they had to choose a golf ball, what's the number one thing you think golfers struggle with most when it comes to choosing one? I think they're overwhelmed with information. And, and there's so many different specs out there, two-piece, three-piece, four-piece, five-piece, you know, different compressions. And, you know, it's, it's trying to sift through that, that jargon and yeah. the marketing. And, and there, there is a lot of confusion about, you know, swing speed and, and compression. Right. And the test thing that, that I've seen is it, it's not really so much about how fast or how slow you swing. And, and which compression you should be playing. It's more, you know, how does the ball perform around the green? You know, yeah. off the tee. Sure, everyone wants distance. All the balls go pretty far. Right. You know, some will go a little longer for others. But, you know, what we've tried to focus on is, is that dispersion because most, most of the golf ball companies, well, I should say everyone is capped with the USGA yeah. in terms of velocity off the tee and total distance. Now that doesn't mean you can't tweak the ball to perform better for for different players. Sure. But for the most part, you know, you can play a tour level ball even with the swing speed under 100 miles an hour. Right. And, and people think, oh, I can't, I can't compress it. That's not true. The, the balls compress very similar whether it's a 55 compression or a hundred compression. Yeah. So find a ball you like around the greens and, you know, upgrade if you can afford it to a tour level ball with a urethane cover on it, because it's going to give you that traction and that yeah. spin around the greens. Yeah. Perfect. That's great advice. So, you know, obviously I know we're talking a lot about Encore Golf, but obviously you, you played four years of collegiate golf as well. So, you know, on a performance podcast, I'd be remiss not to ask you about your college experience. So, you know, maybe kind of shed some light as to your experience playing college golf at MIU. And, you know, looking back at it, is there anything that you would maybe change in terms of, you know, being able to enhance your own performance either at that point in time or currently? Yeah. So I played in, you know, New York City, right? Not, not necessarily associated with golf. Yeah. But it was one of the best times of my life and my fellow players golf team members were just incredible guys it, it was basically our own fraternity the frat life wasn't really big at NYU sure um, so that camaraderie and, and their friends with me you know I graduated in 07 so I'm, I'm a ways out and and sure. they're still great buddies of mine I had a really good freshman year and kind of joke that my, my crowning achievement was was freshman year tryouts and you know I won I won the tryouts against the seniors and you know I I shot in the low 70s near par nice. for like three consecutive days and I was so nervous but but really really proud of that and I even hold out a shot with the whole team around the 18th green for an eagle <laughs> so I was happy to make the team and, and to win tryouts, but unfortunately, my, my playing career was downhill from that moment. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I, I didn't practice 
nearly as much. And logistics, you know, we had Chelsea Piers on the west side. But, you know, all of my teammates were in that same boat. So I can't really use that as an excuse because some of them played really well. Sure. I think I would, I, would, I would get a coach if I were to go back and do it again. Yeah. Um, we had some transitions with our golf coaches. So I didn't, I didn't really have a coach for, for all four years that I could get feedback from. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I, if I had to do it differently, I would get a coach and I would have a plan. I'd get a putting mat because I could work on my short game in my dorm room. Yeah. You know, so I, I'd say for, for players, put a weekly plan together. You know, for example, this week I, I put, you know, every day of the week a different workout I'm going to do, right? Nice. You know, today is yoga. Yesterday was high intensity training. Yep. The day before was a run, you know, and for the most part, when weeks that I put a schedule together, I'm able to stick to it. It's the weeks that I don't have any plan that, you know, I miss a lot of workouts, right? So same with golf, put a, put a weekly plan together. Monday, I'm going to work on short game. Tuesday, I'm going to work on my drives and stick to it. Get a putting green for, for your, uh, for your dorm or your home or your apartment and, um, and get a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I think the structure is a really important piece of that. Like you said, if, you know, you just got something that's like, oh, I'll just do something. I'll, I'll kind of come up with it. You end up not doing it at all, right? So, you know, having some sort of framework or some sort of structure where, hey, Monday, short game, Tuesday, drives, you know, Wednesday, you know, long irons, you know, Thursday, putting, short game, that make that consistency, especially week in and week out, especially for like a, a college athlete. I mean, that can go a long way in helping them hone in on a skill set that they need when it comes to playing at a high level each, each and every week. Um, and I think, too, you know, when it comes to performance, like you need to put in the reps, you need to kind of get those things under control so that when you continue to play or play at a high level, those things are just routine. And that's also, you, you know, you know how to deal with some of the, the mental stress when you're actually in the whole, you know, in the whole game of it when it comes to actually performing at a high level. So I think to maybe kind of speak upon your, um, you know, from a strength training standpoint, did they have anything structured when you were in college? Like, did you do any training or was it kind of just on your own? I always kind of like to hear that aspect of it as well. We, we had Cole's gym and the team would, would meet and it was more, more on our own volition. Sure. Um, so we would, you know, a lot of us jogs, you know, yeah. ran, ran a bunch. Yeah. We did some weight training, but it was, it was, it was kind of every man for themselves sure. in a way. Sure. You know, and I think, I think teams and coaches are, are more disciplined in, in terms of the workout regimens, you know, nowadays. Yeah. It was, it was important when I was, when I was competing in between 04 and 07. Yeah. But I, I think today it's, it's, you know, you look at Rory right uh, on the Peloton and, right. you know, all these, all these guys competing yeah. um, to be the fittest, strongest, most, yeah. you know, have the most endur- endurance and yep. it, it, it shows on the course, right? Yeah. Yeah. That durability piece is a big part, right? And I think, you know, a lot of the injuries that we do see in the golf the game, the game of golf are repetitive stress injuries, right? So I always like to kind of ask that because for those who have played maybe a little bit later than, than some of the newer kids that we kind of are, are seeing either in the office or training, 
you know, your experience with strength training sounds completely different than what it is nowadays, right? It's very different and it's very structured. And, you know, we try and implement, again, based on what the research is showing is strength training can go a long way in enhancing some of those physical qualities that you're looking for from the golf standpoint. So um, I always like to kind of hear the, the, the aspects of the collegiate golfer to kind of see what their experience is like there as well. Sure. Yeah. And I, I could probably learn, learn a few tips from you. <laughs> well, that's why we're here, right? This is the whole part of the collaboration, right? Yeah. So let's do this, Steve. Let's transition to our, our what's in the bag segment. So, you know, again, our listeners always like to kind of hear the specs of what people are using in their golf bag. You know, obviously you're playing at, at the college level. Maybe tell us a little bit about what clubs you're currently using and if you've upgraded at some point in time over the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I owe... 95% of my set to a former colleague of mine, Brian McGahey. Okay. Um, he was, he was a Nike tour rep and he's, he's one of those guys that has a house full of clubs and he knows, you know, he knows all the reps and sure. um, just super generous. He had, um, he had given a set of JPX 900s to, oh, nice. to a colleague of mine who ended up going back to his old Nike blades. So he said, Hey, do you want these heads? And I, I asked Brian, I said, do you mind if I, if I take them? Because they were Brian's who had given them to my, my colleague, John, at the time. And um, so I, I got them built, and I love them. Um, Mizuno irons are so nice. I nice. think I've had TaylorMade over the years, and, and Ping I2s Ping were, were one of my favorites. Wow. Yeah, yeah, throwing it back there. Oh, I mean, just, just classics. Sure. And, and – um, yeah, so I'm, I'm loving these Mizunos. Uh, there's a place called Woods to Wedges over at the Worldly Dome here in Buffalo. Okay, yeah. And um, Donna, I believe was her name. She, she built them for me and, and did an incredible job. And Brian also gave me a, a Nike driver. It's a, a tour, tour edition. Nice. Um, it's probably seven or so years old, but... Sure. You know, I, I hit it pretty well. So I'm, I'm thinking about maybe getting into something new on the driver. But, sure. um, you know, if you hit it well, uh, you know, there's, there's no incentive to. And right. I've got an old Nike three wood, but I, I don't hit it. And the, my first shot this year was a, was a duff with it. So <laughs> well, my first two shots. So I, I might need to uh, figure something out for that, sure. that hole in the bag. And I've got Mizuno wedges and a Scotty Cameron putter. Nice. But, and I've had that Scotty for all through college and, um, yeah, love you, it. You gotta be comfortable with the putter. That's for sure. Yep. And that I've, I've turned, turned a yoga mat in my apartment into my little putting green. There you and, go. Um, I'm seeing, seeing some good results from, That's good, from work, working on the putting. Nice. And yeah. again, those Nike drivers, I mean, those are considered vintage now since they're kind of out of the market now. Right. So that's pretty cool. That yeah. You got those. Yeah. We, we had done some shoots with, with the Encore Elixir ball. And I think one of my drivers was in one of them and someone was like, Hey, what do you, you know, that's a, that's an old driver and, <laughs> and it, it works. You know, I, what I, a lot of people will ask me about clubs and I tell them if you can get a new set or a, a driver, that's a few years old, you know, lightly used off eBay or, yeah. you know, golf warehouse or one of these sites, the, the technology on the clubs, you know, year to year, it's not going to change too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would say there's probably a certain point where maybe four or five years, you're, you might be losing some distance yeah. because of the advancements and new materials. But, you know, even if you buy last year's set, it's going to be, you know, half off yeah. and, 
and as a new golfer or someone that's just looking to upgrade their set, it's hard, hard to go wrong. Absolutely. And I think, like you said, too, you know, a lot of these companies are coming out with drivers. It seems like every six months, right? <laughs> so, you know, they're constantly upgrading their technology. And as soon as something comes new to the market, that other stuff goes on sale and, and a pretty high discount. So like you said, and, and I'm a perfect example of that. When I, so again, we just invested in a, a Titleist TS2 and, and for the longest time I had a Callaway FQ10, which was like one of those square, square drivers, right? So the technology is like 12 years old and just, just the upgrade into a new technology with all the stuff that's going on, it's so much more forgiving. I probably should have done it a lot sooner, but you know, it is what it is, but I think it's good advice where, you know, if you're not looking to break the bank and you're just looking for a tech upgrade, even if it's just a couple of years, that can go a long way in helping your game as well. Absolutely. Cool. So let's do this. Let's do our shotgun round. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you a number of different golf related questions. You're just going to try and answer as best as, as best and as fast as you can. Sure. All right. So uh, how about favorite golfer for you? Rory McIlroy. Yeah. I mean, hard to argue against that. <laughs> <laughs> how about our favorite golf pieces. brand outside of Encore? Favorite golf brand for you? Seamus. It's, it's either Seamus or I think it's Seamus. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're head covers. Um, he's at a port, I want to say Portland, Oregon. Okay. And, and, um, just cool stuff. What a, what a great guy. I think he even converted some of his manufacturing to uh, making masks. Okay. And, you know, they've kind of got an old school Scottish, you know, traditional cloth design. Yeah. And they're really cool. I would I would recommend golfers check them out. Cool, I got yeah. I got a few head covers. I'll grab one. Yeah, good. And uh, so it does the. Uh, I like that. Oh, nice! And I got the Encore Golf on there. Cool, too. nice. Yeah, man. fully customized. Yeah, he's he's a good dude. Very cool. All right, how about a uh, preferred drink or snack while you're playing? Do they even offer that anymore? What <laughs> <laughs> um, should they do? I would say back in the day, a hamburger at the turn. Sure. And now, now that we're, we're bringing our own food, uh, yogurt. Nice. And banana. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you can't, can't go wrong with simple. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, what's your preference, par three or par five? Par five and two. <laughs> exactly. Amen to that. <laughs> How about cart or walk? Walk. Favorite movie, Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore? Caddyshack. <laughs> That's a toss-up between a lot of people. Yeah. Right, how, about, um, how about favorite golf memory for you? The, say the eagle at, at tryouts with, yeah. with, the, with the team around the hole was pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. All right, so you know, for someone who is a new listener to the show, who is maybe someone you'd recommend we reach out to be a guest on the show? I would say Cindy Miller. Okay. And I had the privilege of interviewing her and she's just she's so funny and, and just says it like it is. Sure. And um, she's been around the game for decades. She's a former LPGA professional teacher of the year. And you, you know, you often hear from male teachers and PGA professionals. Yeah. So I think having, having a female voice, um, as, as strong as hers is really awesome. Yeah. Another one I would recommend, uh, Seth Pepper. He's a mental performance coach. Nice. And I've also interviewed him and 
how he thinks about the game and just sports in general is I, I think can be really, really helpful for golfers out there looking awesome. for a good mindset to go into the season with. Nice. Yeah. You know, we, we're, we're trying very hard to um, bring on more female uh, presence on not only this podcast, but just, you know, just to highlight some of the people that are doing great work in, in the golf realm. Right. So, you know, we've got a, a couple of our collegiate athletes or golfers that are females. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, PGA tour uh, instructors that are, you know, we're looking to try to reach out to to get more of a female presence because like you mentioned a lot of the instruction that you see is more male dominant and the sport itself is very kind of weighted that way but um, i definitely think there are a lot of great females that are doing some great work in the space for sure yeah and i i think golf's got a good opportunity with uh, it being one of the few things that that people can do in this yeah. new environment yeah and i i think the sport will see a lot of people wanting to get outside this summer and, and try something new. Yeah. Um, so to the extent we can encourage women and others who may have felt excluded from the game, yeah. I think is really important. Awesome. So let's do this, Steve, maybe kind of, you know, tell the listeners about that whole golf fitting process on your website. I think that's really important. I think that would be really cool for people to kind of check out, like you said, to kind of get a feel for your ball, but maybe kind of take them through that process there. The, the ball fitting, you said? Yeah, the ball fitting, yeah. Sure. Um, you know, we – so I work with our engineer, John Calabria, on that. And John John is one of the industry vets that I mentioned earlier that we we brought on board. and helped, He helped create the Elixir. Sure. Um, he's built a number of balls for MaxFly. He's built the um, TaylorMade TP5 ball for TaylorMade, and he's done some work with Titleist. So he, he basically set the criteria, but – you know, starting from the green, you know, trying to understand, do you like to roll out a ball? Do you like it to check up? You know, do you, what kind of course do you play? Is it windy? Um, are there a lot of force carries? So there's all sorts of questions like that. Your swing speed, you know, your distances, your handicap. And, you know, it's not as if we have 10 different balls. Right. You know, we've got two balls right now. Right. Um, so it's it's pretty easy for us to to fit someone into either our Avant ball, that low compression distance ball, or our tour ball, the Elixir. Nice. It'll get a little trickier for us with the with the new experimental tour ball that sure. we're we're going to be launching. Yeah, we're getting some feedback on it, and then towards July we should have it ready. Nice. Um, so then we'll have to we'll have to fit you between our Elixir and and, and the the new ball. Yeah, so. So yeah, we're, we're constantly tweaking it and refining it, but I would say, you know, most people seem really happy with, you know, the ultimate outcome of the fitting. Sure. And then at the end for $3 and 99 cents, we'll ship you the sleeve and there's no, you know, there's no reoccurring charge. There's no, you know, I'm, I'm always checking our, our social media and, ads and and sometimes we'll get people commenting like oh it's it's a scam and they're going to charge you and unfortunately there are some other golf companies that that do that sure so people get confused and and, and you know our customers will chime in and say look no that's that's not the case you know it's 399 yeah. we you know encore we don't store your credit card if you <laughs> like it great you're welcome to come back and buy more if you don't you know, that's fine. Right. 
And I think too, like you had mentioned, we, we had mentioned this in the past, you know, the whole loyalty aspect of it. You got people that can speak up for you and speak up for the product that can go a long way in p- changing people's minds, right? Like social media can kind of be strange when it, when it comes to some of that stuff. So it's good to have some of your, your brand loyalists come out and kind of speak up for you. Yeah, no, I think people, golfers want to do their research and I don't expect them to just believe everything I say. Sure. You know, I would, I, on the, if I'm in their shoes, I'm going to do research. I'm going to look at some independent sources, you know, yeah. my golf spy, other golf media outlets, um, look at our reviews. Yeah. So, and we're, you know, we're, we're blessed in that we have mostly five-star reviews. So it's a good awesome. thing. Yeah. Good thing. Yeah. For sure. So let's finish up with this. Maybe tell us, you know, what you got in the pipeline for Encore, Encore Golf moving forward. I know you kind of talked about the tour ball that could be ready in July. I, you know, I was just kind of looking at your website. Tell us a little bit about the Genius Ball. I know that's something that um, you've been kind of working on. So maybe kind of tell the listeners a little bit about that. Sure. So the Genius Ball is a project we've been working on for a few years now. And it started with the, the original ball that we launched, which was the hollow metal core ball. And, and people started coming us, you know, coming to us saying, Hey, could you, could you put something inside your core, maybe electronics, maybe a GPS chip. Um, it wasn't something we were really focused on at the time, but as electronics got cheaper and started to shrink and the computing power of, um, the microprocessors, you know, you've got Moore's law, right? Everything's getting smaller, cheaper, and more powerful. Right. So we thought we, we started to look at it really seriously. And Doug Dufault now has an entire team, a lot of software, a lot of coders, and they built a ball with Bluetooth, GPS, magnetometer, accelerometer, gyroscope, all of these, all of these electronics on a small circuit board within the ball. Now we've got, we've got a putting and shipping version of that ball done. And the trick is to move from the short game to, to the driver because yep. the driver you've got, I think it's over 15 G's of force the ball really does compress and, you know, flies off the face hundred miles an hour and you've got, you know, insane rotation. So, so that's, that's the real challenge, but you know, we're, we're moving it forward. We've had some, some issues with some suppliers and, and the, the virus slowing yeah. things up and, yeah. But, but we're working through them and making a lot of progress on it. So I would say hopefully by, by the end of the year, um, we have a full version of that Genius Ball ready for people to try and test. <laughs> that, that is awesome. Yeah. So the, the power of technology, right? The fact that you can put something like that in a ball right, and have it pick up all the data that you're looking for, it's just pretty incredible. So that's really cool. I'm really looking forward to kind of hearing more on that as it kind of comes out. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate your interest. We'll, yeah. we'll be sure to get you some to test. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. We'd love to do that. So Steve, I, I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. For those who maybe want to learn more about you and, and Encore Golf, you know, what are some ways that people can reach out and contact you? Well, they can show up at my apartment here in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, you know, we've, we've got a, a great website, EncoreGolf.com, and um, we're actually going to be launching a new one. Same domain, www.encoregolf.com, and it's O-N-C-O-R-E golf.com. And it's got everything about the products and, and the company on there. And uh, my, my email is on the site, so they can reach out to me or anyone else on the team. 
Nice. Now, what about a social media handle? I know you guys are pretty active on Instagram and some of those social media channels there. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I would say the, the team spends a lot of time on, on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I think the majority of people are spending their time on that nowadays, especially especially with all this stuff that's going on. So yep. what, we'll do, what we'll do for listeners, we'll put all that contact information in our show notes. And then uh, if anyone wants to reach out, they can do so. Uh, Steve, I really appreciate your time. Uh, listeners, thanks so much for listening to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate you having me on. You got it. Cheers. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of this show, we would love it if you would leave an iTunes review to help us grow and expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. If you're listening to this show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't been resolved, or you're not exactly sure where to turn, then let us know how we can help. Whether you are local or not, you can work directly with us through our pain-free golf performance program, which is completely virtual and online. This program is customized to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We would assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do. And then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for you. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to our program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf. Again, mana is spelled M-A-N-A. So it's manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf and use the promo code podcast when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode and we'll catch you then.